This is the Texas High School Football Game Day Podcast with Christopher Like. To connect with the show, send us an email to gameday at txhsfbgameday.com or follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at txhsfbgameday. Hello and welcome to the Texas High School Football Game Day Podcast. My name is Christopher Like. In this episode, we'll be chatting up some six-man football. It'll be first about it'll be about a first-year six-man post program up in the panhandle town of Will Dorado. Uh, Will Dorado, for those who aren't familiar with geography, uh, it, a town approximately 25 miles west of Amarillo, in between the towns of Vega and Bushland. Uh, we'll be talking with head coach Ty James about his program and dive in and talk about his coaching career and discuss the tragic loss of last season of uh, quarterback Quentin Pond. We'll discuss that with him about his program and a lot more. And then after we finish with Ty James, we'll give you a little sneak peek of the uh, interview we have coming up in our next episode with Deer Park Coach Austin Flynn. So stay tuned for that. Uh, look for, to give you something at the end to uh, look forward to. Uh, as always, this show would not be possible without the support of you, the listener. Please feel free to give us a follow on on the various social pl- on the various platforms, whether it's Spotify, Apple Music, Google, uh, wherever you listen to your favorite pod, streaming audio. Should if it if we're not on there yet, please be patient. We'll get on there as soon as we can. Uh, you can also find the podcast in the video format right here on on YouTube on the on the YouTube channel. Uh, Check our social media at uh, TXHSFB Game Day on Twitter and Facebook for the links, and we'll available, and we'll let you know. We'll let you know uh, how to find us on, on YouTube. We'll get, let us know what you think. Uh, give us some feedback. Give us a positive rating on every every bit helps, uh, especially starting up our, our, our podcast again. Um, so this, none of this would be possible without uh, you, the listener. Uh, so with that said, uh, Ty Jane from Wilderado, and then we'll have a sneak peek of our interview with Austin Flynn coming up in our next episode right after that interview. All right, as I said at the top, we're talking with uh, Ty Jane from from the Wilderado Mustangs uh, from Six Man Football. Ty, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about your uh, how you guys how this how this program got started in six men, and and tell us where uh, for for the folks that are not familiar with the World Radio community, tell us where you are and and about the about the community. Sure, uh, we are located here in Wilderado, Texas, about can handle, and uh, we are a brand new school. We don't even have seniors yet, and we're going to jump into our first year of uh, UIL football. We were in an outlaw schedule the last two years. Um, I came last summer, and we had a, a very good season. Our boys had, had yet to play a varsity game until this year, and I felt it was important to get them started on that, especially with this upcoming season entering the UIL. Um, we, have, we have entered a district with uh, Silverton, Groom, and Hart, and I think that, that sets up Favorable, favorable for uh, the Mustangs next year. 
As far as uh, being a new program, what what are the challenges with setting up that new program? I know you started with a JV schedule the last couple of years. When did you start start, start with the program, and and what got to the idea of coming on board? Sure. Um, well, a few of the challenges that that we have faced and are currently still facing, uh, being a brand new school. Uh, one of them, we're getting brand new lights. We didn't have lights all season last year. Um, so one of the challenges we face coming into this next season is our our boys have only played away games at night, um, and, and that's kind of a kind of a big deal, especially whenever you start UIL football. But uh, one of the things that brought me here. Uh, was our superintendent. Our superintendent, he's a former coach, uh, Troy Duck. Um, our, our principal, his, uh, her wa- husband, is also a coach in Amarillo. So it's, it's a very good coaching community out here. A lot of people understand what it takes to become good. Um, and then also the kids. I've, I've only ever heard good things about them prior to coming here. And so I was eager to jump on the opportunity as, as, I, as soon as I saw that the job was open. And, and all of those things held to be true. So, can you describe the community of Walter Laredo and 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 what how they embrace in the football program? Sure, um, we are primarily an agricultural based community. Uh, we've got a lot of farmers, ranchers, uh, and the in between. And you know, one thing that I've come to realize from the previous schools that I've been at is is that it's a little different out here. Uh, you know, as far as strength and conditioning in the summer goes, you know, you got to get up super early for work and they'll go work and then they'll come up here and work out afterwards, which I greatly admire and respect because that just shows the kind of work ethic these people have out here. Uh, great, fantastic young men and women. Um, parents are the exact same way. Couldn't ask for a better, better parent group than what the ones that we have uh, here are at Wilderado. Um, you know, the kids, uh, we we faced a, a big tragedy last year. Our, our starting quarterback, starting point guard in basketball, um, he passed away in a tragic ATV accident at the beginning of the year. And these kids um, fought through that as a team together and, and, and played in his honor for the rest of the season last season. And we're going to continue to do the same next season as we continue to play football. What you're talking about, Quentin Pond. Um, yes. Uh, with his, uh, how, how good was Quentin as, as a football player, and and what was what was the town like when 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 the tragedy unfolded? Uh, well, Quentin was probably if if he wasn't our best player, he was our second best player at the time. We had a few injuries entering the season, um, and there was a reason he was a starting quarterback. A lot of uh, a lot of people on the team respected him. In fact, all of the people on the team respected him. Um, he was a hard worker. He was a basketball player that I convinced to play football. And the reason why is because he was such a good athlete. He was a, he's a junior this year. He was six foot two, I think, about 180 pounds. A good-looking kid, smart kid, ran the offense well, um, played great defense when we needed him to. Uh, but we primarily stuck to him on the offensive side because he's so smart and he could get everybody organized in a short amount of time. And that's a huge thing for a quarterback to be able to do, especially a guy coming in starting up this new program with a new scheme uh, offensively. It really helps having another like-minded person on that field. And he, he ended up becoming an extension of a coach out on the field when he was out there. Um, it was a heavy loss. Uh, 
not just in football, but emotionally. He was a great young man. He was one of those kids that you saw smiling on a day-to-day basis and made your day a lot better because you got to be around him. Well, one of the things I saw last year, uh, you guys played the, the, the week of that, I think it was the week of, week of, the, of the, the death. Uh, he played Lubbock Christ the King, I think it was that weekend. Uh, and Lubbock, uh, that, that school had a, had a good vibe with you, with your program as well. Yes, sir. Yeah, um, you know, we had the option um, because it was such a big loss, you know, especially at a small school, when you lose one person, you're basically losing anywhere from 2 to 4% of your entire campus when you lose one kid, which is, a a big deal Um, and we gave the kids an option to lay it up that week and just say no we don't need to play this week and uh, we had a team meeting the the day after it happened once we came back from school and um, all of the kids unanimously unanimously decided that they were going to play and mainly for the reason to honor Quentin and and that was a very touching moment probably one of the more proud moments in my coaching career to be around something like that. As far as uh, your, your season last year, you got you did pretty well on the JV schedule. Uh, uh, yeah, against well, we uh, we played um, Claude's varsity. Uh, we lost to them, and then uh, we also played White Deer's JV, lost to them. But other than that, uh, we won out the previous uh, seven games. Uh, we had a lot of injuries towards the end of the year. Um, we started the year with injuries. We finished the year with injuries. Our best defensive player last year, Tyler Espenson, broke his arm. Um, he got kicked by a horse. Told you our ag community is a big deal. And uh, and that rang true with our injuries. We had a couple other injuries as uh, ag-related events um, that ended a few of our players' seasons. And, and we played mainly with freshmen um, towards the end of the year. So we – Really ended with a JV football team playing a couple JVs except for Claude. Um, both those teams are going to be very good next year, uh, we believe. And um, we played Lubbock Cross the King, uh, their varsity. We beat them early in the year. That was the game right after Quentin's death. Um, and played a couple others throughout the middle of the season. What are you looking forward to this upcoming season? Uh, you, 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 will you have a life installed up there and, and... – Ready, ready for the season to start? Yes, sir. Uh, well, we've got a few bright spots. We've got a really good freshman class. It's really young. Um, I've got three of them that are all over six foot tall as freshmen. Um, two of the three were injured last season. Um, and then I've got a really strong eighth grade class coming up as well. Our junior class is the introductory class to this school. And they're the ones that are going to carry the torch next season as far as the workload. I'm pretty interested to see how they do, how they carry on their senior year. Um, We're going to have a very solid group. Um, I don't think we have the burner that's going to go and catch six passes for six touchdowns. And I don't think we have the runner that's going to touch the ball ten times and score five touchdowns. But I think as a team, we are – good enough across the board and we don't take a huge dip anywhere that we're going to be able to compete with a lot of teams and do do pretty well and surprise some people. Talking with Ty James, the head coach of the Wilder Raiders, Glenn Mustang in the panhandle uh, here on the Texas High School Football Game Day podcast. Uh, 
So I talk about your coaching career. How did you become a coach, and, and what was the acclimation like going from, from 11 man to 6 man in, uh, uh, as a coach for you? Sure. Uh, well, coaching is all I've ever known. Um, my granddad was a coach. My dad was a coach. Um, my dad just recently tired after 34 years in the coaching profession. Um, he went from Memphis, um, Childress to Amarillo. And, and so I really grew up in it. Um, it's all, I've, like I said, it's all I've ever known. And uh, my sister is even a coach. Uh, so we're a big coaching family. Um, I started my career under my high school coach, Steve Parr at Paladuro. Um, and I grew into the offensive coordinator and head track coach there over a period of time. Um, and then that led me in the direction of becoming an athletic director here at uh, Will Dorado. That's also coincidentally where I know our superintendent, Troy Duck, when he was coaching for Paladuro's basketball team uh, back in the early 2000s. How was uh, working under uh, Coach Parr? Oh, it was great. Um, it was great to play under him. It was great to coach underneath him. Um, if you ever needed to know where you stood with him, all you had to do was ask. He was a very honest and, and open person, and he would chew on you if you needed to be chewed on, and he would love on you if you needed to be loved on. And that's kind of the way I take my coaching approach as well. Um, phenomenal man. I owe a lot of what I have now today because of him, um, and I can't say enough good things about Coach Steve Parr. As a coach, what are, your, what are the challenges for you going from 11-man to 6-man? Um, I think a lot of it corresponds the same way. You know, if, if you can teach kids skills, discipline, and technique, I think you can go a long way without having the scheme down immediately. Um, one of the things to go to that point was last year we started in a 3-3 stack defense um, just to introduce this to the kids um, the right way. We taught them technique, we taught them discipline, and we taught them how to be a sound defense. And the same on the offensive side of the ball. And I want to brag on my assistant coach real quick because he's the main reason we were successful last year, um, Connor Copley. That is Andy Copley up in Follett. And Connor has won a bunch of state championships in many different divisions in the six-man um, category. And that young man is probably one of the best coaches I've ever been around. And, and thanks to a large part uh, from him, I have learned a significant amount of six-man football and, and how to make it go. So uh, it's, he gets all the credit as far as scheme is concerned. When you're, when you're looking at the defensive side, nothing more important to win ball game from defense. Uh, what were the uh, challenges when, when you when you look at your defense? So when you start off with three three uh, stack on 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 defense, what was the message that you taught your kids in that time frame of going of getting acclimated on the field? Well, sure. Um, well, technique wise. Uh, and you can ask any of my kids, the word they hate the most because they probably ran the most for it is the word contain. Um, Six-man football to me is all about keeping a, a team, whether they're uh, T, I, um, single wing, J-bird, spread. If you can keep them contained to the middle of the field and not let them outside, I think you're going to have a lot of success defensively. And that's really what we preached defensively last year. Um, our kids, 
uh, played multiple positions to try and figure out which kids can handle that role and that responsibility. And going forward, I think it gives us the ability to be more multiple on defense. We'll go from a 3-3 to a 2-3 to a 3-2-1. We'll even get uh, into a 1-5, which is kind of odd. Um, but it's going to benefit a lot of our smaller kids to let them be more of role players and use their speed instead of their size. Um, and, and really that, that word contain is the most crucial part to me about defense in six-man football. What kind of offense do you guys plan on, on, do, on doing this year? And, uh, and, and I know you, you can't really give away all the secrets. <laughs> um, sure. How, how is that offense good? going to be progressing over the, over the year? Well, um, speaking of your first question, what are we going to do next year? We, uh, we're going to be pretty multiple. We're going to get under center. I've got a couple big kids um, that, that are going to be good, and we're going to get jump in and out of spread and in and out of tight. Um, and we're just going to see what works best against the other team. Uh, the great benefit we have offensively, like I said earlier, is, is Connor Copley, our, our assistant football coach. He's our OC. Um, he's going to see what the defense gives us, and, and that's kind of what we're going to attack with. And the reason I like that a lot for our kids is because we're not set to one thing. You know, if, if a defense, which we're, we're going to go against a really good coaching staff across the board in, in our district next year, um, they do their job well, and they do it good on the weekends as well. And they're going to scout us, and they're going to find out how to stop us. But if we can be multiple, they're maybe only able to stop one or two things, but not everything. And Coach Copley has already been drawing up things and scheming and getting with our kids and talking about it and showing them kind of some renderings of what we're going to be doing, and the kids are just eating it up. Um, so next year I think we're going to have a pretty good season offensively. Um, I see a few things giving us problems, but like you said, I'm not going to give away too many secrets um, over the phone right now, but uh, I think we're going to have quite a bit of success with our kids that we have. And what were, what's the schedule like for the, coming, the upcoming season for those that are listening on, on the audio side of us? Sure. Uh, I've got pulled up right here. It is uh, it's pretty favorable for us. I mean, we got a few uh, – times we're going to travel quite a bit um however uh we're going to stay as local as possible we've got week one we're going to go uh have Derzette at home week two we're going to have Patton springs and we're going to play the neutral site in silverton uh we're going to play cotton center fallette amherst um amherst i think is kind of a secret in that district i think they may have a chance to go win that district this next year and so that'll be a good team to go play um for future possibilities in the playoffs. Um, and then we're going to host McLean. Um, McLean had a hard time finding teams that would play them, and, and I think that's a good opportunity for our kids to see, number one, where we are at, and number two, where we want to be um, going forward in the future. And then we're going to round out before we get to district, we're going to round it out with Chillicothe uh, at a neutral site in Claude, which I think is a very good game for us. Um, I think it's going to be very competitive. It's going to probably be high scoring. I know that coach uh, pretty well. He does a really good job with his kids. Um, and that's our pre-district. And then our district, of course, is Silverton, Hart, and then Groom. And you, you're, you're facing McLean, uh, one of the top teams in sixth man, uh, a champion uh, as well. 
when when you look at McLean, what are the challenges? What did you tell your kids when, when you when you're facing them? Uh, one of the challenges when facing McLean is, you know, what happens before you even step on the field with them. Our kids, they've seen them the last two years on uh, the at the Texas State Championship football game, and and they know who they are. They know a lot of those kids uh, inside the ranching and agricultural community. They know them from that as well, and so it'll be something that we're going to have to get over. And and one of those things is what's going on between the ears. We don't want to beat ourselves before we play that game. And we definitely um, don't want to do it before the game actually starts. Uh, And that'll be a good test for us mentally. Uh, A lot of people talk about scheming. A lot of people talk about who's stronger, who's faster. But in my opinion and, and Connor Copley's opinion, a lot of the Games are won and lost with what's between the ears. And, and so that will be a good test for us, I think. Yeah, and Ty James, the head football coach from the World of Radio Mustang. Thanks a lot, Ty. Once again, special thanks to Ty James, the head football coach of the World of Radio Mustangs. should be fun, lots of fun seeing how they uh, fare in their very first part of the season up in, in the six-man Division Two. Uh, before we sign off for this episode, Here's a little bit of what we have coming up in our next episode with Duke Park head coach, head football coach, Austin Flynn. Now, here's a brief preview of the next edition of the Texas High School Football Game Day Podcast. Talking with uh, Austin Flynn, the head coach at uh, Deer Park. Uh, you, you were, you, in high school, you had a, a good... Uh, uh, rivalry with Rutte, uh at Baytown Lee. Uh, oh, yeah. That, what, what would that rivalry like with them? And it, it, it veered off into multiple sports, uh, football and baseball. You've done your research. That's pretty good. Uh, you know, Drew Tate is, is, you know, at the time, I think he broke up just about every passing record in the state of Texas. And he was a year younger than I was. And, uh, I never could beat him, uh, at least in football. And the two years that I was a starter, and then I think he he may have even been a four year starter, but he was you know a year younger than me. But as a junior, when I first started here at Deer Park, he was already starting as a sophomore. So uh, I just it was one of the better games that I had in one half. I think we were up maybe fourteen to zero, fourteen seven and a half, and I had hurt my back right before that, and didn't really get to play much the second half. And he ended up coming back and beating us twenty one fourteen following year have one of my better games again offensively but he just outguns me and I mean they may have they may be just like 55 to 35 or something like that but uh never could get over the hump with them and Baytown Lee and, and Coach Olin I uh, still am good friends with him and, and to get a lot of advice from him you know you talk about some some legends around uh the Houston area especially the east side you know talk about Chris Massey talk about Dick Olin um so you still get a lot of advice from those guys but um you know, and then I think he was committed to Texas A&M at the time. Uh, Drew was, and he uh, was committed to Iowa State, and then obviously went up there a year before him. I thought I'd never have to see him again, and, and all of a sudden he kind of, I think it was really, really late, if, if I remember right, uh, of him committing to the University of Iowa. So that was that was interesting, and then he, he came comes up and obviously uh, plays quarterback and, and does a heck of a job for that program and has a ton of wins. Probably the most memorable Iowa win was that they were playing Florida and, and the um, it may have been the Orange Bowl in the bowl game. I don't know if that was 2004-ish or 2005, but um, 
you know, we, we went round and round. I finally got him my junior year, his sophomore year. We Iowa State beat Iowa. Uh, so that was, that was a nice, nice little perk for myself personally. But, um, you know, so we, I've, I've seen him a lot. Uh, I don't know him very well, but, uh, but we've, we've played a lot of games against each other. And, and like you said, both of the sorts, we, he played baseball. I played baseball in high school, played him a lot and a lot of things. And, uh, one of the truly special players, and uh, I don't know. We don't think we do a Hall of Fame type deal, but I sure could imagine with all the records that he broke, he'd be in that conversation, if not in that, if we did. This is the Texas High School Football Game Day Podcast with Christopher Like. To connect with the show, send us an email to gameday at txhsfbgameday.com or follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at txhsfbgameday.